0: Welcome to Horror and More with Anya Gore. I am your tired horror mistress, Anya. It's been a hard week for me over here, but um, I'm going to push through and do this episode because I'm very excited about my guest tonight. I have Joel H. Brewster from the No Stranger to Horror podcast, and you might know him from his Instagram, West Coast Strange. So welcome, Joel.
1: Thank you so much for having me, and it's great to finally speak to you.
0: I know, I know. I we've been following each other for some time, and if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have connected with Kevin. <laughs> so,
1: yeah, I love that, that. Um, I made that connection. Well, just by kind of by sharing your amazing content, that I'm always happy to share. I, I love seeing it come across my feed. So, I've been a fan of yours for quite a while. So, yeah, I'm just really honored to be here. So, thank you so much.
0: Oh no problem. I. Y- I was excited to have you on because you know I've listened to your podcast and I watch your content and I, I read some of your blogs and you're you're just elo- you're eloquent with your language and I oh. love that you're very succinct and especially with how tired I am tonight I was like <laughs> I'm gonna really rely on you to be very informative.
2: Okay.
0: Yeah. Um. Yeah, definitely. So typically what I would have normally done would have been asked you your favorite three horror movies. And we would have done a deep dive into well not deep dive, but we would have talked about them. But I didn't really want to do that tonight. I do want to have you back on to do that another time. But you wanted to talk about um, modern horror and how it's formed in this different way than it used to be and how it's very inclusive. And I just I, I love that. That's such a great idea and a great topic and it's one that we'll be talking about I'm sure for the whole time
2: yeah
1: absolutely
0: I love getting people's various perspectives you know I like hearing from people from different walks of life I like hearing from people from you know different genders than me or people that are non-binary and Mm -hmm. getting their perspective of horror I think is super interesting
1: yeah, and mm-hmm. the thing is too, on top of the the genre itself, I I think in the age of social media, what I've really liked too is the the community of um, horror fans. I feel since I've started doing West Coast Strange, since I've started doing No Stranger to Horror, I've gotten to speak with people like yourself, uh, people like uh, Kevin Martin, people like uh, Amber from uh, um, Horn Blood Fire. I've just like made these friends through the community of fans of um, the horror mm-hmm. genre. And i think that a lot of aspects is that we do all enjoy uh, modern horror but we do also have like a fan like love towards uh, the classics as well and what i really liked about this new age of horror is that it's just welcomed um all sorts of people into it and i think that from there there's been a community that's spread from it that i think has gone really well in my opinion
0: oh agreed 100% agreed and i it was interesting you bringing this topic up because it actually made me sit back and think. You know what kind of movies have I watched where I've seen predominantly gay characters, or mm-hmm. you know, people of a plentitude of races, and not just the blonde, big-titted white chick running up <laughs> the stairs, getting chased by a man—that's yeah. a white man, right? Like, yeah. so it's it it challenged me a little bit to really think about it and. Also, this past week for for my work, I ended up having this um, unconscious bias uh, training, (laughs) and it really got me thinking extensively about biases that are not obvious in the day-to-day, things like people in wheelchairs or... You know, people even in horror movies or just in life where they're older and so they can't run as fast and they're the Mm -hmm. ones getting, you know, murdered right away. And so it's nice to watch this plentitude of movies where they've really opened that door up. And
1: yeah, I I completely agree. And what I find what my favorite thing about the genre in general is that it comes down to the question of is it scary? So, I feel like that a lot of other genres, whether it be like the the uh, superhero genre that's covered with kind of like the same looking characters for the most part, they're starting to get more diversity in there. Or if you go to look at like Hallmark movies, which are the st- still the same, like typical white couples, or you go to any genre, there's a lot of like still these set rules that have stayed. But horror, you can put anyone in the front seat of that horror movie. And all people want to know is if the movie's scary. People will say that like uh, social messages there's some people that are like horror purists that grew up in 80s movies that will say that social messages and horror don't work, but they've always been there mm-hmm. because the question's always been, is it scary? Right. That's all we've ever wanted to know is, is this going to deliver for us? And if it's not scary, is it going to give us like that feeling of dread or um, the bleakness that comes from it? That'll just sit with us. And that's kind of been a thing that's opened up a world in in the horror and the darker kind of sci-fi area and just like this new modern wave we've got to hear voices from all over the world too so yeah it's I think it's a great time to be a horror fan and a great time for like just audiences that are wanting to get into horror too
2: 100
0: percent, and I mean I think with how active people are on social media with their opinions and making so many things come prevalent and become these mainstream issues it's not just anymore something talked about amongst a small group it is now talked about visibly and I think if that hadn't happened the same way we wouldn't have the Jordan Peels of the world happening at the same moment right and totally
2: agree.
0: he in my opinion he's done only two he's directed only two movies and I personally think he's one of the best horror directors of the past oh, century and mm-hmm. like you know I'm a white girl from Vancouver, Canada, and I'm saying that right. <laughs> can I? Can I? You know, racially relate to the characters? No, but it's exactly what you're saying. Is is he making these movies scary? Hundred mm-hmm. percent. And it's and awesome seeing that the the topics come to light. You know.
1: I, completely, and I and I think what's what's great about it is. It, even um if you don't if you aren't part of the demographic that it's like that is in the front seat of the horror movie now there is a way for them to tell the story to see why it's scary or to see why microaggressions in that context are scary and the same thing goes for um women that are directing um a lot more horror films now right we're getting to see a lot more of these uh uh, women as lead characters too but not from the uh gaze of a male uh, director or a male writer so i I really think it's opened up in that sense or even we can go even broader than that we're seeing um great stories with lgbt lgbtq um two characters as well we're also seeing stories of characters that are deaf like in the quiet place and they had like the whole we saw the like john Krasinski had the entire cast learn sign language to um show uh, this the vision of this uh, deaf characters in the movie so I feel like we're seeing a lot of different perspectives and then on top of that with streaming services we're getting to see movies from all over the world too so Mm -hmm. we get to see what what it's like living in a different part of the world and what their horrors are and yeah I think it's really connecting us all together that way
0: I agree and I love that and you know when we were chatting about talking about this i kind of went back and i i was curious to see say for the lg l (laughs) q lgd pq ah i can't even say it right that's how tired i am anyways um hold on the okay let me get my list here the lgbtq plus the characters and it's interesting seeing what people have said about the, mo- the horror movies specifically um, that embraced characters within this umbrella, right? And mm-hmm. they said some movies where I, I I personally didn't see it under this umbrella, but I guess if you do a deep dive, you could, you know, like Interview with the Vampire. I didn't mm-hmm. personally think it was a love story between Lestat and um, oh my god, what is Brad Pickett? character's name in that movie. Also, me too, but... Oh my god. This is totally just Um, Louie. And so that was in several lists, and I was a bit surprised by that, but then I thought, well, I'm, you know, I'm not a gay man, so I Mm -hmm. am watching it from a different set of eyes. And what I love about film in the past... 10 years maybe maybe a little bit more so in the past five years is you no longer have to be a gay man to watch it and get the nuances
2: there mm-hmm.
1: yeah and i and i think that's just i feel like as audiences too we've also gained a lot more knowledge right we've mm-hmm. also have heard more stories because of things like social media and from that we get to a hear it um just you know, influx into us, so we get to hear stories of people, demographics that we don't usually hear from, and then a movie kind of exemplifies that to give us more clarity of that, uh, and especially with, if you can get a director that comes from um, whatever demographic or whatever uh, social background it is to talk about the story, then we can connect to it in that way too, right? Like, for instance, if um, as you mentioned, Jordan Peele, if Get Out was directed by another director it would have been a completely different film right mm-hmm. and i feel that even with interview with a vampire if that would came out now i think there's a lot i think there's a lot more things that could lean into because i think we're more open to um first gay characters i think we're a lot more open to uh seeing uh, like a, a male love interest and in, on screen with another male love interest i think we're getting to a place where we can get to see more stories because of that which i think is beautiful a lot of people um, are of the mindset that they want to go back to like, when horror didn't have those sort of topics and those conversations but I, I think that's always been there and i i just think that we're in a world that's more open to hear them more uh, broadly and i like that
0: i agree you know it's funny that you say that that people don't want they want to go back to a time where social commentary wasn't so prevalent but like you're saying it's in all of these movies I didn't even realize that a metaphor for the Babadook was a child dealing with their inner um, really reservation of coming to terms with being gay. And I would never have thought that again, because I'm not a child that had to struggle with that. And when I read that, I thought, wow, that is an incredibly powerful metaphor. And it goes over so many people's heads, but at the same time, knowing that, it hits you in yeah. the face, right? It really
1: does. Yeah, I didn't, I hadn't heard that one, but I, I completely agree with you. Yeah, knowing that now, it definitely... And the interesting thing, too, that makes horror such a fun genre for this reason is that when you hear things like that, it makes you want to re-watch the movie, right? That's one of my totally. favorite things about having a podcast is getting to rewatch watch movies um, that I saw one time and was wowed by. And then you get like you hear things like that about like the Boba Duke, and now I just want to like rewatch it and just see more of the things that we catch that way.
0: Oh, absolutely! So One of the things that I, I'm starting to enjoy is seeing a lot more diversity with color,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and that is becoming more prevalent. But the thing that I'm noticing that hasn't become more prevalent is, you know a lot of trans people or gay people being main characters, I find that they're still the side character mm-hmm. or, you know, and when I was looking up uh, movies that have embraces, there weren't very many that actually were queer. Right. And
2: mm-hmm.
0: the few that I, I did see on the list that I can think of was high attention. I don't know if you ever saw that movie.
1: I have. yeah. Yep.
0: Okay, anyone watching this, you have to see this movie. It is incredible.
1: It is peak French gore, for sure.
0: (laughs) You know, it's on all these extreme lists. I didn't find it very extreme, did you?
1: I think it's, for me, it was one of those movies that just, like, hits that mark of, uh, it's, like, one bar away of being more, like, it'd be too extreme, I think, but I think it hits, like, right in that perfect mark where it still has, like, um i don't want to say it like well no i, I will it, i was gonna say it, it's like has still has that mark of like art like um artistry from it mm-hmm. um before it kind of goes into that place of just being um too splattery that i think but um I, I truly love that movie and i and i love um
2: the did twist? you see the movie
1: maniac as well i, I love the i love the twist again yeah maniac was done maniac. by the same writer. Oh, and, the, um, the
0: original or the new one? Not
1: the original. This The new one, the remake. It's um, oh. done by the same writer as High, T- um, High Tension. So,
0: oh, I'm kind so of a... glad you're telling me that because I... <laughs> you're probably going to laugh. Everybody laughs when I tell them this. Um, I don't have a very strong stomach when it comes to gore in horror movies. No and, way. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. It's, the irony is not beyond me, trust yeah. me. I know. <laughs> um... It also depends on the the type of gore. Like, high, mm-hmm. high tension, I, that was fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the Green Inferno, I I could not make it through that movie. So, Really? Oh, no, no, not. I had to turn it off. I, I almost was like, fuck you, Eli. Fuck you for making me watch this. I yeah.
1: swear, I think my favorite thing about being part of the horror community is talking to um, horror fans and finding out what the movie was. That kind of... Uh, Put them off, or what movie, like, what discussed the movies. It's like when I. That, that article I wrote was because of that. I'm like, I just really want to know what horror fans and the people I really like in the community, what, what, like, really scared them or what, um, traumatized them. What, what about Green Inferno was it for you that really, um, put, put you off?
0: Well, I, you know, I don't know specifically, but it was the. It, maybe it was that I didn't, um, well, I mean, how could I connect with the the cannibals? Because um, mm-hmm. I'm I don't even eat meat, <laughs> let alone human beings. Yep. Um, but it was it v- just gave me a really visceral reaction watching people just literally cut off limbs and then cut off mm-hmm. eyeballs and start eating them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, oh, spoiler alert! <laughs>
1: Oh, that's fine, I think, right?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I always have spoilers in mind. I feel like I should just come come with the territory. Um, So that was the first extreme movie that I've ever turned off, and I did not finish. I will normally finish them, uh, but that one I had no desire, not even remotely, to pick it up and continue to go.
1: Have you seen the French movie Raw?
0: Nope. I was going to... But then I heard um, uh, I have some friends who do a cut above uh, horror podcast, and they did mm-hmm. an episode about it. And from listening to what they talked about, I don't think I'm going to watch it.
1: I was about to say, I was like, I wonder if you've seen that. Yeah, that one is uh, is an extremely tough watch. Absolutely beautiful movie. Julia uh, De Corno, the director of it, uh, did that movie and the movie Titan. And uh, my wife and I had a debate on who has the first, who has the best um debut and sophomore horror movies mm. and she my wife actually argued that it was jordan peele she's like jordan Pee- peele has them and i said i think i julia decorno is is my choice but it's very close for me because i love jordan peele's first two movies but i really loved julia decorno's first two movies
0: so she did raw um, and which other one
1: titan it came out this mm. year yeah, came out, it came out um yeah, it's I think it might even still be in theaters. It's um it's it won the con uh Palm Dor this year, and then uh, when it went to uh, the Toronto Film Festival, somebody that went to the movie fainted. So oh. Which well, is great because I'm her curious. movie Raw. Yeah, her movie Raw had the same effect. It won the Palm Dor, I believe, that that year that it came out, and then when it went to Toronto Film Festival, someone saw it and fainted. So she's at this like kind of reputation where she just wins this the most prestigious one of the most prestigious film festival awards mm-hmm. and then goes to another film festival and somebody faints watching her movie that's amazing
0: um, i
1: yeah that movie was great
0: i mean that makes me think that's gotta have been a popcorn movie watcher but but oh, i could, yeah. I could I be wrong i don't know i mean when you're a horror movie watcher at the level say that we watch horror movies we
2: mm-hmm.
0: i would i can't imagine i would ever pass out or throw up, or I. But I. Who knows?
1: Yeah, and the thing is, I I'd assume that they must have been like, a, like you said, a popcorn movie watcher because, you know, it's it's a movie that won like a very prestigious film award. So there's like, oh, I'm gonna go see this movie that won a prestigious film award, and then, <laughs> and then when you watch it, like there is there are scenes in that movie that I I definitely did uh, look away, and um, hmm. I I did regret taking my wife, who is uh, I think she was seven months pregnant at the time to oh. this movie and the movie is heavily about pregnancy oh. which I didn't know which I didn't know take care year two okay I had no idea but uh, it was it was really funny and my wife's a badass and she just thought it was more funny she's like it's not really um didn't scare her in that context but it, it was a it was a tough watch it's a great movie very tough watch though, but um stunning oh, see astounding now movie. you've
0: piqued my interest I... <sighs> I will say that the most extreme movie I've ever watched, and it's on my top ten because it will not ever leave my brain ever, 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 is the French movie Martyrs.
2: Mm, I'm, certain, I'm sure you've seen it. Yeah. Yep.
0: And I watched it all the way through, and I, I would call that a tough watch. So I, yes. don't, I don't know how, what it this one would be comparably to that. Um,
1: oh, oof, This one is a very it's they're very different movies but i I, yeah i would i would recommend titan for you i based on what you said about um the green inferno i would not recommend raw for you though
2: okay not
1: recommend that well i
0: i just heard about some hair coming out of the mouth scene that apparently is oh yeah there's watch
1: there is a scene in this and i i mentioned it when i was uh on my show that uh one of the toughest scenes in that movie is when she's scratching her skin, and I, I don't know why. That's one of the toughest scenes for me because it's just like she scratches her skin; it's just dry skin, and it's just like one of the toughest. It's odd, it's just very in your ear, and that's mm. that's a tough. It was a tough watch. Um, on the topic of modern horror, actually, there's a modern horror film that I saw recently that I thought of um, your your beautiful uh, like modeling and artwork actually. Uh, well artistry i should say Mm -hmm. um this movie called the furies came out in 2019
0: i have not seen it yet i've heard about it though
1: i feel like you would be heavily inspired from watching it it's a very much has an aesthetic that when i saw your stuff for the first time i was very drawn to it because it kind of reminded me of furies when i saw it i think i started following you roughly around the time that i saw that too So I was just really kind of like, I made a connection to my mind of like, I just really liked, um, because I'm a huge fan of all all the stuff you post, and I really liked that, and I just really liked this movie. So it was one of those things where I'm like, I think you'd like this movie. But um, yeah, I recommend it highly to you.
0: Okay, I will absolutely check it out. Thank you. Mm
1: -hmm. And that's a little twist on the genre too. So that's another modern kind of tale that um, takes everything you know about your classic slasher movies and just really... Leans into them with a bit of a sci fi twist, but it's very no holes bars. There's a scene in it specifically that was one scene that was so disturbing, and you'll know when you see it. Um, That's when I watched it, I had to watch it twice because I was the shot was just so well done that I was like, How did they actually do that without, mm-hmm. like, in no way hurting the actor? Obviously, but I was like, It's such because the scene was like, if it was real. There's no way the character in question would be able to survive. But I was like, "This! how do they do it? And it's just a fascinating uh, movie for that. Really, A lot of really interesting practical effects. And costumes, too.
0: See, I love having that kind of effect when you walk away from a movie. And as much as I disliked The Green Inferno, I will Mm -hmm. give Eli Roth nothing but respect. He wanted to make a tribute to the Cannibal Holocaust, and he did Mm -hmm. it. And when you're watching it, if it can viscerally get you to feel something that extreme, then he has hit hit, hit it on the mark. You Absolutely.
1: Know? Yeah. So
0: I will totally check out The Furies. Thank you.
1: It, yeah, and um, the interesting with, thing with Green Inferno that I thought was that Eli Roth kind of made that movie to, to kind of make fun of activists that kind of go into uh, situations without knowing the full story. It yeah. was kind of a... Uh, uh, tongue- in cheek kind of like satire on how activists kind of just jump onto causes they don't know about and I thought that was an interesting uh social narrative that he uh, wove into like a very gory um yeah very jarring movie really but it, it's, it's it's a good movie in a, in a sense that I feel like it's a good movie to get people into um, the more gory horror but it's yeah. it's they do it he does it in like a poppy way but it really works. But I agree. It's one of those movies that if you have a thing with like cannibalism, it's it's one of the tougher watches for sure.
0: Yeah, I will say Eli Roth. Every one of his movies, aside from you know sometimes the extreme gore, mm-hmm. he's really good about embracing the social commentary of what's going on in the world. You know, Hostel was a key example of that. Oh yeah. And yeah. the stupidity and the quick to believe and like you said people just running blindly into things and such a big representation of you know the the disgust of the world and squid game it's right up in Mm there too right Mm -hmm. and but it's just it's so humanistic to feel that kind of animalistic urge at times Mm
2: -hmm.
1: yeah I'm a huge fan of Eli Roth as both a director as a horror fan that he yeah. is, as well as like kind of like a sort, of like kind of like a pioneer of the in a sense of um, the, it's weird he came up in an era that's of his own right where it was a couple more guys were coming up around that time, but it kind of symbolized a new age when you saw Hostel for the first time, when you saw Soft for the first time, mm-hmm. it kind of made like these pop kind of extra gory movies, and I really enjoyed that. So and, and also I just love Eli Roth as an actor too, right? Like I love in oh. Glorious Bastards. He so he's just
0: incredible in that movie.
1: So good. So yes.
0: good. He's just really likable. He is. I don't know if you watch his TV show, The History of Horror. I have seen it, yeah. It's it's just he's awesome. It's he's he's very inclusive. <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. Well,
0: well he tries to be, I should say. <laughs>
1: yeah he he stays in his lane somewhat mm-hmm. as as far of I don't think he's gonna even really break out of it as far as um, diversity goes in that sense but i I do think he mentors from what I'm seeing mm-hmm. it looks like he's mentoring um other filmmakers to that aren't in that demographic to kind of that aren't in his specific demographic to do their own thing um which i which I kind of think that he's kind of he's leading the charge of a new wave which i kind of respect and i respect that of any directors that are kind of that are setting up a ladder for the new wave of um other filmmakers which is cool and i like his horror show for that reason we get to hear voices from all over the genre to teach us more about older movies and i really enjoy that
0: i agree totally agree and i i love and um jordan peele does this too but they're producing for these unknowns and they're Mm -hmm. giving them these opportunities to make these movies and like haunt is a really good example of that that movie was fucking awesome i don't know if you so good
1: it was so good so so good
0: right if they hadn't taken that to his studio Mm
2: -hmm.
0: then they probably would not have had that budget and like kudos to all of them kudos to eli for seeing that and it was just so good
1: Yeah, I watched it again this year for Halloween. It was my Halloween movie that I put on because I was like, I need something to watch for on on Halloween night. So I had that on while I handed out candy and I did a school project at the same time. So it was a very, um, I would go to the door, hand out candy, come back, watch Haunt while I was doing a school project. But I refused to just work on my school project <laughs> and not have a horror movie on because it was Halloween. And that teacher's a bad guy for given a school project on Halloween. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> evil. Just really evil. But, uh, yeah, so I, I haunt. I just love that movie. It just blew me away the first time I saw yeah. it, too.
0: That's because you have no idea what is going on, and then when the unveil, so to speak, happens, mm-hmm. it's just really tra- takes you by surprise. There's just no way that I think anybody could predict that.
1: No. Another one for me that kind of... Um, that kind of caught me off guard but was by the numbers in a sense was uh host do you see
2: oh yes
1: so good right i thought that was was like the good so good so well done so quickly done too right because it had to be it had to get um uh within the time frame of the like the pandemic so I, i thought that was like a great movie
0: it was so fucking good it, yeah. there's just
1: so many great voices in the genre right now right you just keep on just so many original things coming out and things that i didn't even think would be under the horror umbrella are happening too i, I just yesterday i saw a movie called uh, uh the beta test and it's by a director named jim cummings i'm not sure if you're aware of him Mm-mm. um very i shouldn't say he's that new he's somewhat new he's put out a couple movies now but um he put out a movie last year called The Wolf of Snow Hollow. I'm not sure if you saw that one.
0: No, I've, I've seen the cover of it. It's red, right? And it's kind of a, a it, red and white drawing.
1: That's right. And it's, it's like in the snow. Yeah. And um, that, that movie last year, to be honest with you, was my favorite movie, regardless of genre, last year. And um, this movie he put out this year was a Beta Test. And I, and I went into it blind because I didn't know anything about it, didn't see the trailer. But I loved The Wolf of Snow Hollow so much that I was like, I have to watch this movie. So I wasn't sure. I'm like, I don't even know what... I didn't even really know what it was about besides that I knew it had to do with Hollywood agents. And it was a thriller. And I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's um, so gripping.
2: Hmm.
1: So gripping. It's such a good shot at um, Hollywood. It's such a It encapsulates, encapsulates the digital age in such a way and uh jim cummings uh directed it directed it and i think he co-directed it co-wrote it and he stars in it as the lead role and it's a an amazing performance i could not recommend the movie high enough it's and it's such a good um modern story that i don't believe we would have gotten even like 10 years ago because it really touches on a lot of uh social aspects. I don't want to ruin it for you, though, but I I don't want to ruin it for you or the audience because it's brand new, but um, I recommend anyone that's listening to this to check out the beta
2: test.
0: I'll check it out, and then I'll circle back with you. Mm -hmm. But what I'm liking, so you've got the Jordan Peele right now who is making most of his casting black, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I love that, and he's really making it in a way where there's layers of metaphors but it's also really representative of everything coming to light with you know BLM and everything and I love that and then you've got like Ari Aster and a big portion of the acting and the roles that are in his movies are people over 50 years old Mm -hmm. and I add like hereditary with Tony Collette and her performance and everything that happens to her, that's a very unique, I thought, spin. Because usually you've got younger actresses playing mm-hmm. that kind of role. And yeah. Midsummer was all, everything that was happening there was happening mm-hmm. because of a certain, oh, sorry, was happening because of a certain age. Mm hmm. And I love it because they're both doing their own thing, but it's so. What you were talking about, modern? It's inclusive. It's this, just hitting you in the face. Social commentary.
2: Yeah,
1: and to your point on like, let's let's hit. Let's talk about Tony Collette for as long as possible here. Okay. What a performance, right? Like, the one of my most angry Oscar snubs in the history of the world is probably that performance. Because, Jesus Christ, I, I just, I can't, I, I get mad thinking about how good her performance was in that. That I Am Your Mother uh, dinner speech is Ugh. one of the best monologues of all time. Like, it has to be. It's, it's top tier. Everything she does is just amazing. But, God, that movie is so good.
0: It's so good. And what I loved about it was you can tell that she connected with the character. And she connected with the dialogue, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And... That the moment th- that you're talking about where she's talking to her son <laughs> and she mm-hmm. what does she she blurts out something I didn't I never wanted to be a mother or something like that. And then she quickly puts her hand on her mouth Yeah, from that moment you never come down from any of the tension That you feel right. It's just gets mm-hmm. Stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger and I cannot think of anybody else that would have done that role it that way
1: No 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 she's absolutely I, I couldn't agree with you more she is one of the best and uh yeah she was born to play that role and there's there's so much about that that i thought uh, credit to the writing as well i'm mean, gonna I have to give credit to the writing as well as performance because when i when i heard her do um that monologue specifically i thought there, there were so many parts in it that i was like oh there's no way that someone would have written the dialogue the way that i was written that must have been like ad lipped and then when you look at like um you can actually see the script online, and it's it's like word for word. She had all the words, which is obviously amazing. But she made it seem so natural that mm-hmm. one, I didn't think it was written that way. But two, like the, the line I'm thinking of specifically is when she's when she says to her son, um, "and you just look back at me with that face on your face," oh, which yes. is such a weird way to put a line. But it just seemed it, it seemed so angry and so natural, and it's just what you would just say when you're kind of like fumbling with your words because you're so mad. And it just and it, the way she Played it. It just uh, it, everything about that. I agree with you that from that scene, it just the tension just stayed there forever.
0: Yeah, I agree. And I loved it because everything about that movie isn't obvious, right? You don't mm-hmm. have a young, pretty person playing in any any of those roles, and everything that's happening. Oh, I say I don't want to say anything in case anybody is listening. I don't want to give anything away. <laughs> But it's just, every, yeah, I loved it.
1: I, I, I think when we talk about the Jordan Peels, when we talk about the Ari Aster's, the Robert Eager's, the Julia DeCornos, the Jennifer Kent's, um, I think what's gone on here, too, is that the genre has been elevated in the modern space. I think that like those, all of those directors put out these movies that, um, sure, they have the social aspects that maybe previous horror movies may have had, had like once in a generation we get like one or two that would have like the social aspects, but now we get them like often. And the performances because there's no age bias, there's no race bias, there's no, um, there's no uh, like story bias towards like someone's sexuality, right? You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. not just like these heteronormative stories, not these stories of just about young pretty people, like you said. We're now getting these performances from these actors, whether they're famous or they're not famous, that are just so. Captivating, and we're really stuck with the acting. We're stuck with the scenery. We're stuck with the the vibe of these movies. That is just so different than any other time before, and I and I really like that. Apart, like that about it. I know a lot of people just wanted to go back to just being like a simple, um, not even good acting. Sometimes just really like gore for no sense, and like that's what they like to in horror. But I I love how elevated horror is that we had the Tony Collette in the conversation of this should have been up for an Oscar. And we've never had movies like that before. I don't think.
0: No, no, there's not very many horror movies that are getting rotation for Oscars, but Jordan Peele has been there several times. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Ari Aster, but I know Robert Eggers has for sure.
1: Yeah. And robbed. They're all robbed in my robbed. opinion. Like, cause, cause like they, they put out these movies that were, um, truly, um, the, the movies of the year, right? Like, you, you Hereditary was like, the, it, it's just so, it's exhausting, but at the same yes. time, it doesn't even really matter for the Academy Awards anymore because, like, the communities are saying that these movies are standing the test of time and they are the art that is the most talked about. So, it doesn't even really matter anymore if they win the Oscar, but it's just, I love that they're in the conversation of um, the, the movies of the year because they should be.
0: I 100% agree with you and talking about performances as well, Lupita in Us. Mm.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, oh my goodness. So that has been my, my second favorite movie since the second I saw it. And the only reason it's not number one is because Rosemary's Baby is my favorite movie of all time. Yeah. And it's just because it Us hasn't been out as long.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But when I watched that movie, Again, this is what I what I loved. Uh, what I love watching about his movies is, you know, it, it didn't matter that there was race involved mm-hmm. there, but it was perfect for him and perfect for that movie, and it needed to happen in that way because you don't have black families being, you know, the prominent family in any kind of horror movie. Like the last mm-hmm. time I can think of one was People Under the Stairs, and that was what thirty years ago.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah
0: but that's completely true but as a as a white woman watching this that that wasn't it didn't matter right and Mm -hmm. but it was so impactful so it did matter if that makes any sense
1: it does it does and i and i think that representation is just one of my favorite things about what we're seeing with representation is we're we're getting to see um interesting roles for people of, of different ethnicities of different mm-hmm. genders as opposed to um, just the stereotypical roles and being like oh that's great there's, this, there's a black person in this movie but now we're going to see these very interesting roles like Lupita's role in that playing like, <sighs> the duality of her two characters was phenomenal and she's just one of the best
2: Hundred percent agree. Of, one of the
1: best actors alive like she's absolutely amazing and uh, Winston Duke too was so good as a husband and yeah them playing the heroes and the antagonists was just insane to watch.
0: The best insane thing, to watch. <laughs> it was so. It was at. You could tell when you watch a Jordan Peele movie that he's a horror fan, mm-hmm. and he's giving you all of these little horror eggs, egg little. You know, um, what's the word? Easter I eggs. Mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, like just even the very beginning when you're watching it and he's got Chud sitting there. That is the premise of the entire movie. Yeah. And as a horror fan, of course, you notice Chud is there. Mm-hmm. But did we at all piece together that that's what the movie... No, we wouldn't have, right?
1: No. Which makes it... The Easter eggs in horror movies, right, they make them fun to rewatch them. It makes it like... it makes You can watch it like a hundred times and it's still good and it still has like that feeling behind it and yeah I, I really on top of Jordan Peele bringing insight from obviously being like a well biracial actually to, to make these movies from a place of how he's felt in microaggression um, that he's felt from like his everyday life from a place of seeing the roles that didn't exist before for people of color mm-hmm. I really think that one of the big aspects of Jordan Peele's success is the fact that he came from comedy oh
0: isn't it awesome?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think that, and I, I often say this, um, that I think that comedy and horror are, like, very close in a sense that they build up the same way, right? It's build up and then punchline. Mm-hmm. And the longer the build up, if, like, you watch a good stand-up comedian, because I'm a huge fan of, like, stand-up comedians. I listen to stand-up comedian podcasts just to hear them talk about how their sets went and how comedy went, because I find it so relatable to horror and horror writing because it's the same thing you build up the longest thing and then if you drop a joke like if you drop a joke in comedy or if you drop a kill or something scary in horror it's that much funnier in comedy it's that much scarier in horror so
2: mm-hmm. i think
1: jordan peele really brings it on to his horror movies the same way that he set up jokes in like all of his other comedies that he's done before
0: yeah i wonder if he would be as successful doing this if he wasn't as good as he was as a comedian you know,
1: I don't think so. I, I, I personally yeah, don't think so.
0: I kind of agree with you. I mean, I think... there's not a lot of comedians that have beautifully crossed over to horror the way that he has, but he's also not in his horror. I'm really mm-hmm. curious to see, because I think Keegan is going to be in Jordan's new movie. Nope. So I'm oh, really, yeah. really interested to see what's going on, but he's keeping that so close to his chest.
1: Mm-hmm. I know. I'm really excited to see how that one turns out. Me too. Um, the only other comedian that I can think of right now is um, Danny McBride um, from Eastbound and Down mm-hmm. and a number of different things. He uh, co wrote uh, the recent Halloween movie, Halloween uh, Kills.
0: I heard that. A... That's yeah. nuts.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, I'm hoping more people, like more funny people, are in more. Uh, horror in behind the camera. I would I would love that. I, I would love did you see the movie Mother, by the way?
0: Oh yeah. I loved that. Kristen
1: Wiig's role in that was great. That's another comedian that I was like, that was a really weird role for her.
0: Kristen Wiig was in it? In yeah, I did. Wait in Mother. In the, in the Darren Aronofsky movie?
2: hmm
1: Yeah. She was in the near the end of the movie when they had a bunch of people. Spoiler for everyone listening. I apologize. I love this movie, but I'm spoiled for you. When they had a lot, too many people come into the house, mm-hmm. and there was someone that came in the house that was, don't know, what her role was. But she ended up just shooting the people, like lining the people and shooting them in the head. It was a yep. very quick role for her. That um, was, yeah, it was Kristen, Kristen
2: Wiig. What? Yeah. yeah,
0: I'm gonna have to go back and watch. I just, yeah. I just rewatched it recently. Actually, Darren Aronofsky very- is an awesome, an awesome director. Yeah. Not not.
1: I really before, loved that movie but, too.
0: Yeah, Mother was great. Yeah. And it did not get no. taken well.
1: <laughs> people were not a fan.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, I mean, I but it, so it, that movie is a key example of why I do what I do actually. He mm-hmm. made this amazing dark representation of something, a religion that people believe and he really found a way to spin it. And he was offensive to people who believe that, but not to people who don't. Mm-hmm. And I found he just stepped over the offensive line a little bit, but in a respectful way. And that's what I like to do with my horror. You know, I haven't dabbled in the super offensive stuff yet. I mm-hmm. want to. <laughs> um, but religion is not done very often in horror unless it's you know possessions or the conjuring or something like that and uh mother was beautifully done
1: i completely agree um yeah i apologize i just i i I know this podcast i just have to ask because i'm like such a fan of your work i i'm sorry to like turn the tables on you here (laughs)
2: okay
1: what inspires your 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 art i really want to know like absolutely everything about like everything about it to be honest and i I wasn't sure if this is the venue to talk, about, but I would love to know more about, like, what in, what inspires... Because it, it, it's this very interesting modern horror in itself. Like, I, I find that it's very, like, beautifully shot and very uh, beautifully crafted. I'm just wondering what, like, inspires you to make it. Because I, I really love to, like, just see it. And it's like this... It's like I get to see, like, a horror scene, like, really quickly. And as you know, it's inspired other horror writers like Kevin and, like, even just myself visually. I just would love to know more about it
0: well thank you um yeah i just as a horror fan i want to do horror but i try to do it i try to find my own way i try to do like photography horror love letters to horror fans Mm -hmm. it's basically what i want to do and you know i try we try really hard to take maybe a concept that's already happened but try to find our own twist on it so the last one I did with Melissa from Malevolent and Andy I played you know this really sadistic tormentor who completely um, tortured her to death mm-hmm. and um, I don't know I just it's really fun embracing the characters I've always wanted to be in a horror movie it's a bucket list thing of mine. And once I started doing all of the dark art, I was just like, I have to go everywhere with it because I love so many types of horror. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we, we've we run into issues with posting some of our content on Instagram. And so that's why a lo- we have a lot of the extreme stuff on our Patreon, mm-hmm. um, you know. And I'm also you know I've, I've talked about this a little bit in some of my previous episodes I don't know if I've talked about it a lot but you know I find a lot of horror horror, dark art and sex often go hand in hand
2: mm-hmm.
0: and you know I, I'm a bit of an exhibitionist I've got no problems mm-hmm. being in front of the camera but I also don't need to be pretty all the time and mm-hmm. that's what I like doing I like making it I want people to look at my work and to stop for a moment and say, this is fucking weird or it's fucked up and it's dark, but it's kind of sexual and I kind of like it and I don't know why. I like questioning. I like offending. I like people looking at it and stopping.
1: I love everything about what you just said, and honestly, the thing that stops me is just that, like, from what you said, the authenticity of it, it just really does look, um, sometimes like, when I look at it, it looks like too real, which I kind of look. because I'm like, oh, like, I know it's not, and then from that, it just looks like, it just gives me the feel of watching, like, a horror movie, so it's like, I'm scrolling my feed, and I'm just like, oh, what is this, it's not a movie, it's like, from like, do you know what I mean, it just gives me that feeling, where there's a split second where I'm thinking, and it's there's something in i think like this is how much of a fan i am there's something in your eyes that I, I find like in some of the some of the shoots i'm like it's just so it's just so believable you're just such a good actor and it's in a, like a split second of like me looking at a picture that i just it's just so believable and i just really buy it but the whole on top of just um you being it i think that the whole look of it though um on how it's shot and everything like that it's just it's so well-crafted. I could, I could go on forever. But, um yeah. <laughs> Thank uh, you.
0: It's a, good, it's a good thing that I have because my main photographer is Melissa from Malevolent, mm-hmm. right? And her and I have gotten very, very, very close over the past mm-hmm. couple of years. And it just clicks. It doesn't always click like that with photographers for me. Um, but when we're shooting together, she doesn't really have to tell me, do this and do this. You know, and yeah. I don't really have to hold back or you know, because I am—I'm literally acting in those scenes, even though it's for mm-hmm. a picture. I am—I'm growling, I'm grunting, I'm yelling. I'm often shushed because I'm too loud. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm trying to do. That's what I—I'm making horror art for horror fans. That's my. Demographic it,
1: of people, it truly does translate very well because I can. When you mm-hmm. said like you're really yelling and stuff like that, I could I could see that when I see the image, it doesn't look phoned in at all. And like, yeah, I think humans are just such a great team, and it, at at no point does it look phoned in. They look like they truly just look like still shots from like a horror movie that I wish existed. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it but it does exist in the, in a the sense that you guys are making your own um, horror movies. Um, in that way, like it's just a still horror movie, and I and I really, I, I truly enjoy that, and that's, yeah, it's one of those pages. I think that any horror fan, um, it's to follow, but I think any horror creator or horror filmmaker, I think, um, is definitely is definitely a person I should follow because, um, yeah, it's inspiring, it's it's wonderful, and I think that your bucket list goal there, of, um, getting in a horror movie, um, I I truly hope it happens because yeah, you're you're a talent. It's oh,
0: thank it's, you.
1: Yeah, this is part of the reason why I want to come on your show, just so I can say this to you. Because, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I'm such a huge fan. And it was, yeah. Um...
0: The, the horror community is mm-hmm. mostly very inclusive. I do find anybody who follows horror models, that you're going to come across the horror models who are just dead in the eyes. And they're pretty, but they're holding a skull and they have a little bit of blood dripping down their face and Mm -hmm. it's fine. (laughs) But it's the same thing as the Kylie Jenner's of the world is there a fucking dime a dozen and it's boring. And they, I don't actually even consider some of those people to be part of the tighter knit horror community to say that you and I are a part of like, We are true horror fans. We live and breathe Mm -hmm. it. We could talk about it literally all day. And those are the people that I find very inclusive. And there's not a lot that we need to be worried about. You know, there's... You're not going to have a lot of people in that community who are going to be... You know, very anti this and anti that, and racist and against mm-hmm. women and against you know certain ages and stuff. So I love that.
1: Yeah, and to what you're saying there, I I feel like there is, um, I, I think that's what sets you apart. There's there is kind of this horror influencer. I don't even say what that's what it is, but to compare it to, like, the Kylie Jenner's in the world, that's what it kind of looks like, which is fine. There is, like, which is, not to um, be detrimental to them. it just seems like there is a very distinct difference. Authenticity is the main word I want to yeah. use. It's, it's yeah. very distinct authenticity to, to the uh, images they're taking, what they're trying to, um, who they're doing it for, as opposed to what I think that uh, you and Melissa are doing, which I, I think really sells to horror fans and definitely to horror creators, which is absolutely awesome to see.
0: Well, that's the community that we want to be a part of is the the legitimate horror fans and <laughs> creators, not just people doing pretty pictures. <laughs>
2: or, yeah, You know, I yeah. see all
0: these people saying, we're going to do a Halloween shoot. And I'm like, oh, I've been doing that for years. (laughs) I did it in March and in July. Every day is Halloween. Yeah, Yeah. pretty much. (laughs) But, um, yeah, this this community is, it's a good one. And I find, I don't know if you have found this at all, but um, I have come across such a bevy of people and personalities that I would never have experienced Mm -hmm. or spoken to because... You know, Instagram, unfortunately, as much as I loathe the platform, is a good platform for this.
1: Yeah, it's it's very. Um, it was great to find that you're from Vancouver. That was really cool to find out. Like I'm like, oh, it's cool. It's finally it's so to, like I have someone from Vancouver. <laughs> yeah, it, that was cool to see like someone else from BC. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, it's been interesting. I have a friend uh, Amber who's in Korea currently, and then wow. uh, another one of my friends in the horror community, Marie's, who's in Montreal. Like it's just these very. And then we just ended up following each other because of like a love for horror and then Mm -hmm. just started talking and then yeah, it's just it's been great. My favorite is when I follow a horror account and they follow me back and then we start talking, which
2: is
0: Isn't that amazing?
1: It's my favorite thing. I love it.
0: I agree. I um I do find with some of the content I do, I am very, um very quick to ignore messages. Completely fair. And, uh, cause I, I get a lot of people just feeling like they want to tell me how they feel about me and I don't do this for them. <laughs> right.
1: Yeah. Totally fair.
0: Um, so it's nice to be able to connect with men, especially cause I do find in my life experience, it's more men that like the type of horror that I do, <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
0: you know, I like Melissa, for example, is a, is a perfect example. She likes horror. She, she will watch it and mm-hmm. You know, she likes the paranormal activities and stuff, but I deep dive into horror and I watch it while I'm working at home for six hours, you know? Yeah. So it's just, it's a different level of love there. And there's not a lot of women that, um, want to sit and talk about it with me (laughs) at this level. So it's nice coming across men who aren't trying to... Get my attention because they want to tell me how they feel about my pictures. Yeah, in in a negative way. I mean,
1: yeah, I imagine that. um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sadly, I because I listened to your podcast with Kevin where this is kind of brought up. But yeah, I imagine. Oh, like
0: <laughs> I know what you're
2: talking
1: some, about. <laughs> some some awful guy. Like, what do you what do you described, Like how he had to like be like, oh, I gotta be careful how I, how I uh, bring this up to talk to you. I was like, yeah, that's completely fair. Like <laughs> yeah. that's that's fair because I imagine that you must get all sorts of just um, terrible things said to you. Like, well, not even, well, no, terrible. But I just mean like. Yeah. yeah,
0: Inappropriate. or Inappropriate.
1: There you go. That's where I'm looking
0: for. Yeah. It's just, it's crazy. Since I started doing this, the level of narcissism, you know, they're telling mm-hmm. me because I don't know why I don't care. I don't do this for them, but they in their brains are, are getting off on telling me that they're getting off on me. And so yeah, it's not that's... even about me. Yeah. I know.
1: That's so unfortunate.
0: Yeah, but at the same token, I mean, like I said, I I'm an exhibitionist, so I'm okay with that to mm-hmm. a degree, but I don't need to be told about it, right? I know For that sure. I have provocative stuff out there. I have a Patreon that I'm not clothed in a lot, right? Yeah. People can subscribe and see that. So that's that's fine. I don't need you to tell me about it in the moment.
1: Mhm. Yeah. yeah, that's not what you're inviting, but yeah, yeah, th- yeah, I completely understand. That's that's terrible though. You have to deal with that. I found that there's been um, a lot of the horror accounts that I've been speaking to. I think this is just maybe a social media thing, but there's been a lot of a lot of the horror accounts that I've become friends with over the past year or so in West Coast Range. Mm-hmm. Has been like a lot of uh, women in horror. Um, uh, yourself, like a lot of people I've just mentioned before earlier who have become, like, my closer friends in the horror that have talked to me and taught me more about horror than um, uh, than than anyone else, really. Which is which is what I find so interesting, too, about, like, um, how many male directors are in horror. Because most of the voices I know in the horror community that I've been speaking to that have taught me the most about horror has been women. So I find that really fascinating. There's um, still such a um, gender disparity in, in the terms of how many... Uh, women are directing right And how hard it is for women to get into the genre
0: well it's funny that you say that because i don't i should look up the statistics i know that they're out there for sure but so women are the bigger financial you know backers for horror movies. Mm-hmm. Women are the ones that go see horror movies. Women are the ones that get their kids to go see horror movies when they're younger. Mm-hmm. So women generally gravitate towards horror a little bit more than men in terms mm-hmm. of the long-term history of film, I guess. Um but what I have found as as the type of horror, you know, fan that I am, they don't they only like it to a certain point. And that that line that gets crossed into more extreme or the really dark stuff or the offensive stuff is where very few women are willing to go and actually mm. pay attention to what it is that they're doing and but men are willing to go there and i th- i think that's very interesting because it takes a very strong intellect to be able to watch a lot of those kind of movies and really separate you know the complexity of what's happening, and the the visuals and the gore, mm-hmm. because I find in the most extreme horror movies is almost the more metaphors you have to sift through, right? Like the yeah. layers in *Martyrs*. I actually had to, I I, I refuse to go back and watch it, but I spent a lot of time uh, researching it, and and what the ending meant
2: mm-hmm.
0: to them and. You know, there's not a lot of women that are willing to sit through a martyrs to see that.
1: Yeah, and I think what's happening too on on the token of that, I I think the dynamic might start to change too because uh, for every martyr we have in the world now, or martyr we have as far as films go, we have um, a lot more uh, women diving into like the more gory aspects of horror. In the past, it's why I'm really loving modern horror, right? We're getting a lot more of those voices. Coming into like the darker aspects and and not just um, use an example here. Have you seen the movie Black Christmas the the remake? The remake,
0: remake. I've not seen the remake.
1: Okay, so the remake was um, it was it was it was okay. It was directed by a woman and it was kind of a it was a poppy kind of remake of the other one that was um, a lot a lot more or the original right. Um, but it, it it was fine. But where I'm going with this is that. Um, I feel that that movie had a very good social aspect to it. But then if I watch a movie, like, have you seen revenge?
0: By oh my God. Yeah.
1: Also directed by a woman. I feel like yes. that, that, that level of gore is, um, new or even if we go close to Vancouver, right? We've got, a uh, out of Vancouver, we've got American Mary that was directed by, but, yep. Swiss sisters yep. and, um, and of course, uh, everything that Gigi Salguero has been doing forever with lucha gore right Mm -hmm. so Vancouver has been like this new wave too and I I feel we're getting a lot more uh, gore from women in the next couple years but I I agree with you that I I think the dynamic is going to slowly change but I feel like a lot of it has to do with historically a lot of the horror movies are about women getting like brutalized Mm -hmm. right so I feel like that's probably tougher to watch if you're watching yourself get watching women get brutalized as opposed to now we're starting to see a lot more movies about uh, women-led characters brutalizing men which kind of makes it a little uh, different for for people to watch i think
0: absolutely one one movie that is a good example of of what you're talking about was american psycho Hmm. so that was directed by a woman mary heron canadian yeah and uh, yeah and so i don't know if you ever read the book <laughs> It uh, it is a lot more extreme. But what's really interesting about it is when you're reading the book, there's mm-hmm. a little bit more focus on the victims. But when you're watching the movie and you're actually watching the movie for what it is, the victims are a secondary part of that. And I found mm-hmm. that interesting because it needed a woman's look to bring that as a secondary level versus it being a predominant thing if i hate to say it but if a man were to have directed that i think the female gore factor would have been increased
1: i completely agree with you i completely agree and yeah i completely agree and i you can tell now like Mm -hmm. when you see even the more gory um movies directed by women as opposed to the gory uh movies directed by men it's just a perspective change right it's just very You can just tell what's focused on more. And
0: yeah. Well, Candyman, like what a good example of that. Mm -hmm. So the original was directed by a man. Mm -hmm. The new one was not. And I mean, they're not the same story, obviously. And I don't want to say anything to give anything away because I personally think you have to see Candyman. Yeah. It's so good. But it was, the focus wasn't the same. The focus was on... The gore and the extremity of that, and um, really, really amping up her. Mm -hmm. But the focus on this one, aside from, you know, the black social commentary, wasn't the gore, but it was there. And it's so interesting that the woman's perspective of that is just, it's not different. It's not that it's weaker or, um, more reserved it's just so different
1: yeah and i i I love that i love that's why i love i'm loving newer voices coming into the genre Mm -hmm. we're just getting better movies because of it getting different perspectives because of it and i I really want you to see the movie raw now i really want you to see the movie raw because like it's just that the gaze of that movie is has a aspect that way too right that i feel that if it was directed by a man... There's a lot of movies now that I've seen that... Revenge is a good example, too. Oh. If it was directed by a man, I think the focus would have been different, too.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, the the rape scene would have been very different in itself. I hate to say that. But... Yeah. And, you know, another thing I just recently found out... Maybe I was just sleeping under a rock for this one, but Clive Barker is an openly gay man. And in at that time when he was making those movies... He took the image and the idea of the Cenobites from the Hellraiser movies based off S&M outfits he would see at gay clubs. Yeah. And again, like if if a straight white man was directing those movies, I do think the focus would have been a lot more on the women.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But it wasn't in those movies. Right? The the gore is more focused with the men and like yeah there was the final girl but i just feel like it wasn't the same than if an eli roth had directed it right
2: mm-hmm.
1: yeah that's why I, I again we can't champ we can't like uh champion it any more than like than what we're saying here that like i really do think that like the perspectives just need to continue
2: continue
1: um continue right and yeah. like you were saying earlier actually i really would like to see a mainstream horror movie um with a trans or non-binary character because yeah. i haven't seen it yet
2: Mm-mm.
1: i haven't seen it yet um and i watched a lot of horror. I've i've seen those characters in movies not mainstream or bigger movies and i would like to see that I hope that's um, what we get in the next couple of years. To be honest, and directed by a uh, transgender non-binary um,
2: yeah yeah
1: person would be great too because it's, it's the next step. I I really would like to see that.
0: There are small small changes happening, you know, mm-hmm. um, in the TV show of I Know What You Did Last Summer. There's mm-hmm. two female leads that were are with each well. I'm not going to give away very much.
1: But uh it, I was good. Did you watch it yet? Did you like no, it?
0: no, I haven't finished it yet.
1: Okay. Okay. I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, don't,
0: I mean, I watched those movies in the '90s when they came out, mm-hmm. and they were fine. It's not, um, not really my thing, mm-hmm. but it's a it's a neat take.
1: Well, here's my thing. There's one thing I do love, and I talked about this with um, someone that follows my cat. This is gonna be really corny. I'm gonna admit this on your show because I've never okay. admitted this anyone out anywhere else. My wife makes fun of me for this. Okay. So I call people that call because I, I don't like to call people that follow my account followers. So I call them strangers because it's West Coast strange. Well,
0: oh, so, I like that. That's cute. <laughs> thank
1: you. I was talking to a stranger that follows uh, that that was on my account about this show, and the one thing we agree with that that the mystery aspect of I know what you did last summer is like pretty cool, and it does expand and it does get. Really interesting, and there's great diversity in there. There's multiple gay characters in the show, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Apart from just like the one, um, I hate the token gay. I hate when there's just token gay characters.
2: Yeah.
1: And my number two pet peeve is when there's tragic mm-hmm. gay characters, when they only have a gay character die. Yeah. Breaks my heart. I hate that too. Yeah. Um. So they they got over that. My one problem with I know it did last summer, and so help me, I hope the writing team is listening to this. <laughs> Please hire young people to write some of that dialogue because yeah. my god you've used slang poorly in that show it's like <laughs> the one distracting factor they've used the term tea so wrong so many times that it's driven me insane and i love and I, I like the show i'm a, I'm a very i'm not a horror gatekeeper that way like I, I i like the show yeah But god they need to hire some young people to write some of that dialogue <laughs>
0: that maybe they're all trying to be hip <laughs> oh
1: it's so bad. It's so it's so bad. It's, a bit it's one times. character too.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Oh. Yeah. But um the mystery aspect, wait till you get to the end. I would love to. Um when you when you finish the show, please message because me it, it's there's a lot of things that when it got to the end, I was like I was really caught off guard.
0: Oh, um, okay. With where it went. Okay. Um the other show I was gonna say where there is a, a predominant trans character, it's not horror, mm. but it's a uh, big sky. I haven't Uh, seen it. So it's, so I shouldn't say it, it, it's not that it's not horror, but it's mainstream TV. So it's very, uh, you can feel there's a ceiling on what they can do with it. But the premise of it is um, they very, very much have focused around kind of a love, love story, which I hate. It's not why I'm watching it. But while this is all sort of happening, there is this serial killer who picks up trans women in his truck and then um, throws them into this cage and they end up being transported to Canada or maybe it's right on the border of a uh, Canada. Um, and then they sex traffic at them. And what happens is one specific character becomes one of the main characters, and she is a trans woman. And I like seeing, and she talks about it. And I loved that. There's this this moment where there's this young girl who's just like, are you a dude? And she talks about it. She's like, I like it. And that's I like the, that a lot. That's the sort of thing that I want to be seeing more of. And I liked that it was in mainstream TV. And I feel like mm-hmm. like we're, we're getting there, but it's almost at the same time, like, just fucking get there already, will you? Come mm-hmm. on. This is 2021. Yeah. What the fuck? What else are yeah. we doing in COVID?
2: <laughs> yeah, right.
0: <laughs> Embrace reality.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I really, I, I, I'm happy to hear that. Um, And, and I'll definitely check that out. I, I really, I, I want there to be more. I want there anymore. My thing is what I want to, and it's uh, to go back to what you were saying about us. I want there to be so much representation that we can have trans characters playing characters where it's uh, they're trans, but it's also not part of the topic. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like I, I wanted, I want to see the the diverse stories where we do talk about um, their experiences. I also want to see um, trans actors also get the role to just be. Uh, without talking about it because i feel like that we've gotten to a point where um uh minorities now in horror are getting to play diverse roles without diversity coming up yes. and we are getting to play uh roles about um just like just female friendships right that, that we're those stories without like having to have like a male love interest which i, I really loved um so that's where i want to get i want i want us to first have the stage of I do want to have all of the uh, social aspects of um, s- this is just, just what, what is, what is my opinion matter? But like, I, I want to have all social aspects of seeing um, like tr- hearing trend stories on screen so much and, uh, um, and, and all sorts of stories on non-binary stories on screen. Mm-hmm. And then I really do want to get the aspect where those actors get to play like um, just those characters, just themselves. Do you know what I mean? 100%. I, I want to see it all I, that's how much I want of it that's what I want it so much that it becomes that that it becomes a not like a non-conversation but just mm-hmm. like I want it so much that like it's just part of our um, ethos of television so that everyone when they see a trans person that they can just um, that we can have more acceptance that way because I feel that That's how this usually works. It's just that we need to see in media. We need to see people in media of different voices so much and then just um, see them in just uh, like a a regular sitcom. Do you know what I mean? Like a sitcom with like Mm -hmm. a trans, two trans, like a trans couple or something like that. And then like from there, I feel like that's a level of acceptance I really would love to see. But I feel like the world is going to have to catch up.
0: I agree. I feel as well that, they cannot, like, as, as a kind of a societal whole, they can only really handle one topic at a time,
2: mm-hmm. you
0: know? There was a while where BLM was everything, and then mm-hmm. Me Too was everything, and then, mm-hmm. then it turned into Indigenous Lives Matter, it was everything. Mm-hmm. And people seem to not be able to talk about and deal with everything all at the same time. And that's very frustrating. <laughs> Because yeah. it's consistently happening. And just because we talked about it two months ago doesn't mean it's not still happening right now.
1: Absolutely. And and it's interesting, too, to sort of walk to the genre that we're just, we're still in early days within the genre as far as, mm-hmm. like, social aspects happen. Like mm-hmm. Get Out came out a couple of years ago. Right? And that was, like, groundbreaking at the time. And um, if we go to, like, indigenous stories, Blood Quantum, I'm not sure if you've seen it. Um, I've
0: tried twice.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, I, I'm. I hate zombie movies. I hate zombies.
1: Not a zombie fan. No. Interesting. Train to Busan. Do you see that? Okay.
0: Train to Busan was fucking incredible.
1: Yeah, that almost doesn't count, right? right. That's like a, that's It almost doesn't count.
0: I shouldn't say I'm not. I just I'm not inspired by them. They're boring. It's Twenty Eight Days Later was amazing when I saw mm-hmm. it when it came out. It was great. I just zombies have been done to death. They
1: have been. We're getting to that, Do you remember that phase we had with vampires that way too, though?
0: Yes. We actually
1: had a vampire phase for a while. Then we had a vampire that, werewolf phase know. that was like... Oh, we didn't really get a long werewolf phase and I, I want to get a good werewolf phase, well, to be honest with you. You know
0: what? You're probably going to laugh, but for the first time ever, like I'm talking only a few months ago I watched an American werewolf in London. I had never seen it before. No way. I am... Picking myself for waiting, it's yeah, great, right? it's fucking awesome. It was oh. so so good, and part of the reason I never watched it was because it was older and all this hype. And I was like, whatever, it's like The Exorcist, mm-hmm. like everybody's seen it, and it can't be as good as everybody says it is. <laughs> and then I watched it. I'm like, oh fuck,
2: yeah,
1: yeah. That's why it's a classic. <laughs> <That's> yeah. <why. laughs>
0: well, some sometimes the classics. I don't know. I, I agree. I'm not always a classic person. Um, no,
1: I, I completely agree. That's why I wanted to talk about modern horror that way. Because I'm like, there's there's a lot of yeah. classics where I'm like, ah, all right. And um, I feel like there are a lot of people that are the, like the horror purist are uh, really gatekeeping that. Like, you yes. haven't seen this, this classic. I'm like, well, no. And I feel like that a lot of modern horror fans haven't seen all the classics. When I think, I think without carrying that with us, I think that makes us open to um, newer horror. Because I feel like there's a lot of people that are just like those complete um, purists that way Mm -hmm. that don't open themselves up to modern horror because all they have it back in their head is just like these very binary horror movies from like bygone era now.
0: Yep. But it it, I do find that modern horror fans are a little bit more open and going back and watching those -hmm. classic movies and it's especially when you're watching ones with practical effects it's really impressive.
1: Oh, it's insane. The fly, it was a, the Ugh. one that, yeah, that's, you just go back and look at those practical effects, and I think I only saw the fly, uh, I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, this way, I only saw the fly like maybe f- four years ago, mm-hmm. I think, and it just like really, um, yeah, it stuck with me.
0: I did not know that that was a representation of AIDS. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's interesting. I love that, especially in the 80s, right? Because yeah. that's when that really kind of came out. As it's um, like hitting a lot of people.
1: Yeah, is that the movie is, is on the topic of practical effects too. That I think that has some of the best practical effects I've ever seen.
0: Is The Fly? Yeah, yeah, it's good. Uh, one last um, movie that I absolutely fucking loved that did have mostly practical effects as well was Anything for Jackson.
1: Great movie. Wasn't it a great movie? movie? Um, one of my highlights recently was uh, the writer of that movie just followed me on Twitter. It's one of oh. my favorite follows of all time, Keith, <laughs> Keith, Keith Cooper. Yeah, Keith Cooper. Yeah, you should
0: go back. I have an episode with him.
1: Oh, god, he's so cool! He's I'm going to definitely watch that. He's um, amazing! That amazing. He's, so cool. That movie was so good. I wrote an article about it. Um, yeah, he's he's amazing. Amazing. Uh, that, that movie was so goddamn good. But also, good.
0: the practical effects in it, too, was, mm-hmm. you know, the. Okay, I don't want to give anything away because people listening, if you have not watched this movie, jump and watch it. It's so, so good. Watch but it right uh, now. the big head guy, that was legitimate. That was just all flexibility, right? Oh, really? Yeah. That was him. He's one of the the dancers that can like move his limbs behind his, you know. Do you know what I'm talking is he, about? Uh,
1: yeah, yeah. Is it um, is it Troy? B- is his name Troy Baker?
2: I
0: don't know.
1: I wonder if it's the same guy because there's a, there's this one guy um, that's in everything.
0: everything. Yeah, yeah, I know I know the guy you're talking about. Does he have really short hair?
1: He's a black guy. Yeah, is the guy I'm talking about.
0: Mm-hmm. Troy Baker. I want to say his name is. Looking up
1: now. Nope, that's not Troy Baker. That's not the same name.
0: No, Troy James.
1: Yes, yes.
0: Twisty Troy James.
1: That's that's him. Yeah, yeah. Troy James. That's the guy you're talking about. That's the guy I'm talking about. Was he in anything with Jackson?
0: Yeah, that's him.
1: That's right. I know his work. He's always in. Yeah, that's him. It's so funny. He was just in uh, *Malignant* too. Um, that I just saw, which was phenomenal. Which ones, right? Uh, *Malignant*.
0: I haven't seen it yet
1: the new James Wan movie that is um, the best way for me to describe it for anyone listening, for everyone listening too, is it's like you're watching a movie, a horror movie, that takes place in... Okay, you know when you're watching a TV series or you're watching a movie and they put on a horror movie Mm -hmm. and you're just like, oh, that's wild. That movie seems so crazy. That would never exist. Mm -hmm. That's what Malekhan feels like you're watching. It feels like you're watching a horror movie within a horror movie. It's very on the nose, but it's very... It's very, very campy to it, Mm. but also so insane that you'll, you'll laugh, but you'll be entertained. You'll be scared at some points and then it just goes, yeah, it's, it's so unhinged and very much not like a James Wan movie. So it's,
0: oh, I'm glad to um, hear that because that has been my biggest reservation. I'm not a big James Wan fan.
1: It's unlike anything he's ever done, so if you're not a big fan of his, then you'll absolutely love this movie. If you are a big fan of this and you're listening to this, you may not... I almost turned it off, actually. I turned it off the first time I watched it, because I was like, I don't know what's going on with this movie, but I don't get it. Like, in the first... I thought that they were hitting the lions poorly, and I was like, I don't know if they're overacting. Like, I'm going to find out this movie's not real or something like that. Mm. But um, then when I powered through it, because I was told to power through it from a couple friends, um, I really, really enjoyed it. And, uh, yeah,
0: sometimes those power through movies when it comes to horror, the payoff is so good. Mm -hmm. One that I just watched recently and then we should probably wrap up, it's almost (laughs) hour and half, um, was the final girls. Loved it. Loved it. Right. But at the very beginning I was like, Oh, really? But I had heard so many positive things about it. So I was like, all right, I'm going to keep going. And I'm so glad I did.
1: That has a very similar vibe to this in that sense that it's a movie within a movie.
0: Okay, okay, that's good to know.
1: Hmm.
0: Very tongue-in-cheek, but really satisfying.
1: I really like that movie, yeah.
0: Okay. Well, thank you so much, Joel, for coming on here. This has been so much fun.
1: It was an absolute pleasure. I'm... I would apologize for keeping you up late, but it has been such a great time talking to you. And please, uh, anytime, um, I would I would love to come back and chat with you. And I open invitation. I'd love to have you on my show too.
0: Of course. So speaking of your show, tell everybody mm-hmm. about about you and your website and your podcast. Of
1: course, yeah. Um, Summarize um, yes. yourself for us. All right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my full name is uh, as mentioned before, Joel H. Brewster. I'm a screenwriter. I've uh, written a couple um, short films that are online right now. And I've written a couple features that are ones in current uh, post-production. Not a horror film, it's a drama. But I've written um, all sorts. And um, outside of that, I have a blog called West Coast Strange, which is kind of like a love letter to both horror and science fiction. So I write articles on horror as well as science fiction and I have a rule on the website to never uh, put up bad reviews so there's no bad reviews on the website whatsoever and um, the philosophy has kind of gone through to my uh, Instagram and my social media where I just post kind of offhand weird things um, but I never have anything where I kind of like talk bad about anything in the genre because I just don't want to I don't, I don't know why because I just feel like there's a lot of that in the genre as is, so I just kind of don't um, yeah, and from there, I've kind of been lucky to uh, build a community from that. I launched a podcast last year called No Stranger to Horror, and it's a podcast where I talk to horror fans of all sorts from all over. I've had everyone from my wife on the show to my best friend, uh, Luna, who's going to definitely listen to this because she's the greatest person and listens to everything that oh. i <laughs> on, so I, I can't wait to hear um, hear this, and I've gotten to interview like uh, childhood, my childhood friend Danica, who's used to be an embalmer. We talked about the movie. Uh, yeah, it was really cool. We talked about the movie um, uh, Autopsy of Jane Doe, which was really cool to talk to with and a person who was a bomber. I usually try to have guests on, on the show that talk to talk about a movie that somewhat connects with them in one way or another. So, for mm. instance, I had. Um, I had my wife on the show who runs a daycare, and we talked about the Lupita movie Little Monsters about um, yeah. zombies at a daycare, right? And I had uh, my, my best friend Luna, uh, whose parents, like my parents, uh, both immigrated here. We talked about the movie His House. Yes, yeah, so so I, I just kinda to have earlier. Yeah, yeah, so that's kind of the theme, is to kind of have horror fans of all sorts to talk about uh, different topics. Um, so yeah, that's just me in a nutshell. I'm a huge horror science fiction fan. And, um, I'm, my goal with, uh, West Coast Range is to build a community, um, of like talk through horror people, talk to people to get them into horror. And, um, hopefully with that elevate my own uh, screenwriting to write the horror movies that horror fans love. And that's my, that's my goal. And that's who I am.
0: (laughs) Well, I'm confident you'll get there.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: Your writing is great.
1: Thank you. You're welcome. And to...